One word that we hear a lot about, uh, a lot the, these days in my, I mean, we all do, I think, in this world, we hear a lot. the surrounding or condition in which a person, animal, or plant lives or operates. That's the environment. It's a, it's a condition of the surroundings of where someone lives or someone operates in or experiences something. I've been in some uh, pretty uh, uh, challenging environments at a time. You know, I've been, I've been uh, uh, in, in environments of where I work, uh, very, very challenging environments. I've been in an environment where, where I was loading chickens, and chickens were... Uh, 40,000 chickens and several hundred hogs all in the same barn. That's a very challenging environment. When you go in and you, and you have to deal with all the, the, uh, the ammonia and the different things that are in there and you've got to work for four or five hours to load out maybe four or 5,000 chickens, that's a very challenging environment to live in. I, don't, I wouldn't want to live in that environment. I, I had to operate in that environment, but I wouldn't want to live in that environment. And then there's times when I, have, I, I remember mowing hay up in the top of the hay mow and, and a tin roof and no insulation and the sun's beating down and, and you know, the, the ventilation is somewhat poor and the dust is high and, and the heat is, you know, it's probably 120 degrees and very, very dusty and, and you're working right next to the tin roof and, and just so you know, some of the nails that stick through on a tin roof when you're stacking hay, you get to those nails. And so you're working in an environment that can be very hostile or, or very unpleasing. I remember coming out of those environments, and I've said before, and it was 90 degrees outside, and I got a chill, you know, just because coming out of that environment, a very challenging environment to work in. I've also worked in environments that are, you know, negative 20 or negative 25 degrees. I can remember operating in that one, one deer season up north. When I, when I left the house to milk cows, the thermometer said negative 23 and I spent uh, the next seven hours working in that environment to, to, to get tractors running, to get things thought out, to get things there. It was very, very cold environment. My mustache and my beard all become one solid glacier at that time. A very challenging, every breath that you took was like a breath that hurt because it, it, it just was too cold to live in and to operate in. I can remember that environment. I can remember an environment where, where I was, where I was uh, uh, up in the, uh, upstate New York sitting on the edge of a beaver dam back in a long ways that you had to canoe back to and sitting on the edge of the, the beaver dam and, and kind of camouflaged in and, and just a, it was 50 degrees and sunny. It was beautiful. The sky was blue. Literally a, a morning dove come in and landed on my knee. Just an environment that was so pleasing to be in. I didn't want that environment to end. It was so satisfying and so pleasing to be in that environment. Unlike some other environments that I have been in. I worked in a, a, a tannery one time, uh, slinging hides, seven or eight hundred hides in an, in an eight-hour shift, and they, they were wet and slimy and, 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 and limey, and, and, and you had to, they were 100 to 150 pounds apiece, and, and you had to handle those one after another, after another, after another, after another. A very hostile environment to live in. Our environment... I've experienced some awesome environments, and so have you, and I've experienced some very challenging environments, and so have you. I recently read an article, and it was entitled partly like this, Sunday Morning Environment. The Sunday morning, the Sunday morning environment. What is the environment of the Sunday morning gathering of the church? Because we're in an environment at this very moment. Is it, what kind of environment are we in? 
And the article went on to explain what kind of environment people want. And I found it very interesting that they, they laid out really six points of, of what kind of environment people want. What do you want when you walk through the door? What do you want when you step into this environment? What do you want? You don't want a haymow experience. You just don't. You want, it, you want an environment. And I, and, I, and I wrestled through that article, and I read through that article, and I wanted to glean everything that God had for me in that article. And the article went on to say the kind of environment that, that people want, and it said the Sunday morning service, uh, uh, they, they want a good Sunday morning service, but literally, if, uh, I was talking about the preaching and, and the worship. But really, they, 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 in parentheses, they said a 20-minute message is about the best. It's about the most you want to stick around for. You know, and so, so if you want what people want, if you want to create a good environment, you need to have some cool music and some dynamic music. But I need to hold this to about 15 to 20 minutes because, because y y your clock is ticking here. That's what the article told me. And it also went on to say on children and, and student ministry, they want a dynamic uh, children's ministry. And the article went on to say that if, you, if they even have children that bug their parents to come to church. So now the kid likes what's going on. The parents are there just because the kid bugged them. I'm not sure how good that was. But, but you wanna, you, And you want friendliness. You want somebody to be friendly to you, even if you're not friendly. I find that interesting. You need to be friendly to me even if I'm not friendly. I, I, find it, you know, I, I find myself trying to be friendly, but it's a lot easier to be friendly to people that are friendly, right? I mean, it's a lot easier to smile at someone than someone's flipping you off or something. You know, it's just easier. But you want friendliness. People want friendliness. People want a, like a 20-minute message. People want some really cool singing. And people want some, some, something for their kids to want to come back to. And, and they want friendliness and the tone or the engagement with social issues. And I found this interesting in this article. They want the church to be more vocal for or against the social issues of our world. They want me to speak more on abortion or more on LGBTQ uh, uh, or political things. They want me to speak more on that. That's what the article says. They want me to, they, you want that. That's what it said. They want an environment where, where, where people will speak for or against uh, social issues. They want a, an environment that's, uh, that's easy, easy to get into and easy to get out of. They want the location good. You've got to have easy to park and e e easy to get in and easy to park and, e and, and easy to, or swift to exit from. All, all these, I don't know if I disagree with any of these. The reality is that, that's, but I don't know if that's the best environment. I wonder if we could have this environment. I wonder if we could have a 20-minute message. Dynamic message, dynamic music. I wonder if we could have a kids' ministry that kids want to come back to. I wonder if we could really have a whole group of friendly people. I wonder if we could have zealous speaking for or against social issues. I wonder if we can have a community improvement plan. I wonder if we can have a place that's easy to get into, easy to park. And when you want to leave, you want to leave, baby. That's what it says. Don't jam me up at the door. I wonder if we could have all that. And if that's all we need. And this is where I found my, I was waiting for the catch in the article. I was waiting for something to tell me that this is good stuff. And I don't disagree with any of this stuff. I think we need to help families and maybe even address social issues and give biblical views on some of the things. I don't know if I do that from here or just one-on-one -on -one or in life groups. And I don't 
think it's bad to have a good place to park, and I don't think it's bad to have double doors leaving the room. And I don't think it's bad that we can get out on the road without a cop being out there and directing traffic. I think it's okay to be close to the highway. I think it's okay to be close to Walmart so you can stop there on the way home. I mean, don't tell, I see much of you there. It's, 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 it's a benefit. And I wasn't looking at the cameras either. I saw you there. So guess where I was. But I wonder if that's all we need. I wrestle with that. I, I question and I wrestle with that. And I spend time thinking about that. God, what do you want here you know that I believe wholeheartedly in this moments together. You know, I know I believe wholeheartedly in this Southern morning gatherings that we, that we gather and 53 times this year. But I wonder if we can have all that and still be void of God's presence. I wonder if we can have all that people want and still be void of God's presence. And, and, and do I think we'll be unfriendly if God's presence is here? I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't think so. Are, are you going to be, are you going to be uh, 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 invited to walk closer with your kids and you if the presence of God is here? Yes. But I think we can be friendly without the presence of God. I just think we can. Because the people at the drive throughs at the restaurants I go to, they're pretty friendly. I'm just not sure that the presence of God is there. So I think you can be friendly without the presence of God, but do we, want, do we want to be friendly? And do we want a good place to park? And do we want a 20-minute message? And do we want pretty cool singing? And do we want something for our kids? And void of the presence of God, that's what I'm asking myself. Because it says this in Ezekiel, it says this. It says, I, this is God speaking, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean, and I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols, and I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you, and I will remove from you a heart of stone, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit in you and, ye, and move you toward following, to follow my decrees and to be careful to keep my laws. That's God. God says, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And I'm hungry for the presence of God. I want you to be nice to each other. But I'm hungry for the presence of God. Because I'm hungry for that reality. I'm hungry for what he wants to do in your life and in my life. I'm hungry for him wanting to remove a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I want you to feel God's presence. I'm hungry for God's presence, and I want God's presence, and I want the environment on a Sunday morning to be saturated with God's presence. Because if God's presence is not here, you can push the button, if God's presence is not here, we'll be void, it'll be void of the clean water that cleanses. It'll be void of the newness that changes hearts and souls. It'll be void of the touch that causes brokenness and scars and junk to lose their grip on your soul. It'll be a void of God's voice saying, come, walk with me. Come. I want this environment to be so saturated with the presence of God that we can hear God say these things. 
that we can hear God, we can feel God cleansing us with the water that he's going to pour out on us. And, God, and that he's going, to, he's going to give us the newness and change our hearts and our soul. And he's going to touch what, is, what causes a brokenness and scars and junk and, and, and help them lose its grip on us. I'm tired of that stuff having a grip on my heart. I'm tired of that stuff having a grip on my soul. And being friendly to me is cool, but it will not remove that. God's presence removes that. And I want us to be touched. And I wonder how much we have to do with that. I wonder how much it's up to me to allow the God's presence to reign in this environment. Because when Jesus was walking on this earth, Mark 6, it says they took offense to Jesus. And literally translated, they got in the way of Jesus. The people got in the way of Jesus. And a couple of verses later, Jesus could not do any miracles there. Because the people, don't tell me I don't have a responsibility. Don't tell me that my attitude doesn't matter. Don't tell me that we don't matter in this environment. We do matter in this environment. And I don't want to get in the way of Jesus. And I don't want to hinder God from pouring out that water. Hinder God from pouring out that cleansing. Hinder God from pouring out the anointing on us. Hinder God from speaking to you and to me. And I think we can. Are we getting in the way? That's my question I have written on the bottom of my notes. Am I, are we getting in the way of the environment that God wants to bring to this room? on a Sunday morning so that you and I can experience an Ezekiel 36 type of experience. And so others can experience that as well. Can you imagine? I just have a feeling that the parking kind of will wane away when the presence of God is healing people. I just get a feeling that even if I go 25 minutes you're not going to think about that if the presence of God is here. And he's pouring into you and pouring into me what he wants us to know and what he wants us to be healed from. But I think you and I have a responsibility here to allow the presence of God to reign in this room. Psalm 145 is the meat of the message of this week, and it says this. It says this. It says, I will exalt you, I, my God and King. I will praise your name forever. I will exalt you. I will place your name on high, God. I will place your name on high, God. Everyone that walks through the door, can you imagine? Just start singing, I exalt thee. I exalt.
Can you imagine that that was your song when you came in? Maybe our attitudes or whatever is junking up our spirit would leave at the door when that was our marching song into a Sunday morning service. That I'm going to exalt God. I'm going to fill the God. I'm going to want to fill this room. I'm going to say, God, you have this room. You have this room. You have this room. And I don't think singing that song is just putting a fake smile on and covering up our hurts and our wounds and our failures and our aches. I just think it's saying no to that and yes to God. You will not get my attention on this moment. You will not get my attention because I will exalt him. I will allow his room, this room to be filled with, my presence, with his presence. I will take him and exalt the Lord. I will not just put on a fake smile, but I will. My song will be, I exalt thee, God. I won't try to just behave so that people think I'm doing all right. and I, won't, I don't think it means just singing louder so somebody doesn't hear your grief. I think that means let the light shine. That means the God gets the spotlight. It's not whether I'm doing it right or wrong. It's not whether we're singing right or wrong. It's not whether our chairs are cool or not. It's not whether the air conditioning is working or not. It's about God, new lifers. Because I'm telling you what, you're some pretty cool people, but you're not ever going to pour out the anointing. God is going to do that through us. And his presence has to be saturated. This room has to be saturated with his presence so that those who come in would know that he's here. And that they can meet a real, real, real God in this room on a Sunday morning. The verse goes on, the, the, the song goes on to say, every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. And I was challenged with that and I said, maybe I have a hard time singing I exalt thee when I come through the door because I don't sing I exalt thee all week. And I try to turn a switch on when I come through the door. And the switch just doesn't work. So maybe we can start singing I exalt thee tomorrow morning on your way to work. You want the alder call? The alder call is that start singing I exalt thee on the way to work tomorrow or when you get up, or when you make coffee. For crying out loud, you might not sing that well, but do you hear my singing? I don't care. I really don't care what this world thinks about my singing. I'm going to exalt God. Verses 3 and 4 says, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom or get to the end of. That's the Hebrew word. No one can fathom, no one can get the end of God's greatness. One generation uh, will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. I find it interesting that that word generation is a period of time or a generation or an environment. It's the same word. One environment will commend your works to another environment. Your environment will change. Our environment changes other people. The environment in this room will change other people. It will change us and it will change others. And God said, I want the room to be filled with my environment. Oh, preach a message with your heart. Your, your, your heart, just lay your heart out. I love to preach the word. I love to preach the word. And all this struggle that I had over the last three or four weeks, somebody said to me, 
How did it feel? How do you feel after preaching up the men's league? And I really had to be just blurted out. I I didn't think I was ever going to get to preach again. And I want to. But it's not about my preaching. It's about God. He's the one that has to be exalted, new lifers. Because brokenness walks through the door. And we can be nice to brokenness, but we cannot heal brokenness. God heals brokenness. God's presence has to be here. God is the one who is saying, let me in, let me in, let me in. Commend. We want to commend God's work and God's faithfulness to to the next generation, to the next environment. And look at what verse 5 says. They, so where are they now? We, they will speak of your glorious splendor, of your majesty, and I will meditate on the wonders of your works. Can you imagine? See, you, some of you are theys. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. The room is filled with God's majesty, supreme authority and ability, God's authority and ability to act. The room is filled with his majesty. His ability to act. His authority to act. Can you imagine getting into the room where God's majesty, where you've just stepped into a room filled with God's authority to act on your behalf. Then look at the other half of that verse. Push it back. And I will another party in the room and I will begin to meditate on the wonderful work because I'm in this I'm saturated with God's majesty and all of a sudden I'm communicating one environment to another when they walk in the room all of a sudden they get a sense of who God is and they're walking right into God it's like boom what is going on here the parking's horrible The pastor preached 42 and a half minutes. But wow, something happened. I felt the presence of something I couldn't even explain. But it was so inviting. I began to meditate on it. And I began to see what God was doing. I don't even know God. But I felt him there. I felt him. The room was full of something of God. It was full of his majesty. It was full of his supreme authority. Nothing says no to God. He has authority over all things. When he says to the mountain, move, the mountain obeys God. The disciples said, who is this Jesus that even the waves listen to him? Can you imagine, and I want you to imagine, the room filled with that type of authority. You better have some five-point restraints, baby, because God's taken us. And he goes on in the passage of Scripture, and it says this. It says, they, you're back to the days now, they will tell of the power of your awesome deeds, and I will proclaim your great deeds. 
the place, a place where the singing is pure, pure living praise and proclamation. Whether we're singing a song of 200 years ago or whether we're singing a song that God made up on the spot, who cares? I want my praise to be pure and my praise to be alive. And I want that in this environment. Verse 7 says, They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing to your, uh, 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 of your righteousness. Can you imagine a place where God's goodness is known? Not only His majesty, but now His goodness. Because you can be in the presence of somebody with great authority. I've been in courtrooms before where the judge has great authority in that room. Their goodness was anemic. There wasn't goodness in the room too. There was just authority in the room. But God says, I don't bring just my authority. I bring my goodness. And I want to saturate your room with my goodness. I want to saturate your, your room with my righteousness. Can you imagine the God of all creation wants to fill this room in this old building, this old schoolroom with these plastic chairs and it, shades that don't work and who knows what else is going on. Oh, we stay hot in the winter and cold in the summer, whatever. And God said, I don't care about that. I don't care if you got stains on the floor. I don't care about your chairs. I don't care about your platform. I don't care about your piano. I don't care about your stuff. I just care about you. And I want to fill your room with my goodness. And I want to fill your room with my righteousness. And I want to fill your room with my majesty. Because I want to change people's lives. Verse 8 says this. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. Can you imagine the room filled with God's compassion that is running deep? That you come out just drenched with God's compassion. Because the environment is so real. And you can't even put a name on it. You don't even know where the verse is. It talks about God's compassion. But there's something that's been happening in your life. Something that's happening right now. It's God's compassion. You know, it's God's compa you know what compassion is? His overwhelming desire to help those who can't help themselves. He said, I want to fill your room with my compassion. Will you let me? I want to fill your room with my authority. I want to fill your room with my righteousness. I want to fill your room with my goodness. Will you let me? Will you let me do that? Will you let me do that? Because I want to transform lives. I want to make a difference in people's lives. But you're going to not have to get in the way. But that doesn't mean you don't be, you're not here. That means you come with a song, I exalt thee. God, fill this room. God, fill this room. God, fill this room. God, fill this room. Verse 10 says, And all you have made will praise you. O Lord, your saints will extol you or adore you. You will fall in love with God. I wonder how many times we try to do what God wants us to do and try to obey God. 
And God says, all those things are cool, and they're I can give you a verse for those things. But the greatest commandment is this, that you will love me, that you will adore me, that you will fall madly in love with me. Will you, feel, will you let the room be filled with a love? Because I want to love on you. I want to love on others. And listen, I know I went over my 20 minutes. Just hang with me. I haven't preached in four weeks. Can you imagine a room filled with those things? Verses 11 says this. They will tell of your, the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that they, all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom, a place where the glory or the abundance of the kingdom is real. Can you imagine a place where the abundance of God's kingdom is real? A place where those have been touched by God are alongside of those who need to be touched by God. Can you imagine not judging? Judging is way above your pay grade. Just stop it. The next one through the doors coming into the presence of God may need someone who has been walking with God to come alongside of them. Can you imagine that the room is saturated with saints that are so saturated with God's love that no matter who comes through the door, they're going to wrap their arms around them. Thirteen says, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations or all environments. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. A place where God's love is touchable. A place where God's promises are on the table to all to partake of. Can you imagine that environment? I exalt thee. I exalt thee, I exalt thee, oh Can you imagine an environment where verse 14 says, the Lord upholds those who fall and lifts up those who have been bowed, who have bowed down. A place where the fallen can crawl in and be lifted up. Can you imagine that place? Because the room is full of I exalt thee. Because the room is full of God. Because the room is ready for God to do his work. It says in Psalm 146, 7, 8, says, He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. And the Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. And the Lord loves the righteous. Ooh. Verses 15 and 16 says, The eyes of all look to you. And you give them food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. A place where God's provision is served to all. Where all eyes look to God. When we're not exalting something else in the room, 
There's nothing else to look at other than God. The Lord is righteous in verse 17. In all his ways and loving toward all he has made, a place where God's ways can be embraced and a place where everyone gets, a place where every way does not get equal endorsement. God's way gets exalted. Verse 18 says this, The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. A place where, can you imagine a place where all will have the freedom to call out to God? Verse 19 says, He fulfills the desires of those who fear Him. He hears their cries and saves them. A place where His desires become our desires and a place where our desires then are realized. Can you imagine a room filled with God, filled with His authority and His goodness and His, and His, His righteousness and His love? Can you imagine a room filled with, 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 with this compassion that those who crawl in can be lifted up? Can you imagine the room filled and be a place where God's desires become our desires and then our desires are realized? You think you have big dreams for yourself. You should start listening to God and hear His dreams for you. Verse 20 says this, the, the Lord watches over all who love him, but the, but the wicked will be destroyed. A place where people can experience God. A, pe a place where the enemy, the flesh, and the world lose their grip on people and freedom is known. My mouth, in verse 21, says, My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever and ever and ever. A place where every person will rise up and sing God's praises. Can you imagine that room? Can you imagine that environment? It's up to us, new lifers. Will we sing and will we live I exalt thee, so that the room can be filled and Ezekiel 36 can be realized and I will sprinkle water on you and I will sprinkle water on you. Not just to get you wet, but to get you clean. Did your mom ever give you a spit bath? I said, Mom, that can't be healthy. Now, God says, I'm going to give you a divine spit bath that's going to clean you beyond what you can ever imagine. Amen. And I will cleanse you from all your impurities. I don't care what they are. I like it when it says all. It says except, no, there's no small print. All your impurities. I will free you from all your idols. And I will give you a new heart. And I, 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 I will put my a new spirit in you, and I will remove your heart of stone and, and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit in you, and you will and, and move you to follow my decrees, my ways. You'll walk with me. Ooh. All because a bunch of at least one hillbilly hick 
said, I exalt thee. And I will put my spirit in you and you will move to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. You'll walk with me. How about a new life? Will we let God fill the room? Please, this is the response to this. Tomorrow morning. And I'm not asking yourself to do a selfie video and post it on Facebook. Please, some of you may not want to do that. I being one. But will you start singing tomorrow morning on your way to work? I exalt thee in preparation for next Sunday when you walk through the door and we exalt God together and the room is filled with his presence. And and Ezekiel 36 is realized from that day forward. Stand with me today. Father, once again, I say thank you for these moments together. And I thank you, say thank you that we can even be included in your presence and even an instrument to bring and allow your presence to be here. So, Father, thank you for that. And, Father, I have a feeling that many are going to come and many are going to be transformed because we exalt thee, God. Turn it up. Do it, Lord. Come rest on us.
rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. Holy Spirit. Father God, I thank you so much for that truth. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. As we sing, I exalt thee, God. As we start tomorrow morning and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, no matter what the day holds, that we will sing, I exalt thee, God. And when Saturday rolls around, we'll sing it again. And when Sunday rolls around, we'll come through the door singing it loud so that this room can be filled with the presence of God. And people will know that you're a real God doing real work in 2023. In Jesus' name, amen. Have an amazing day.